Hello everybody, welcome to the Light at the End podcast. My name is Rosvan and today is Thursday the 8th and I'm recording episode 11. So, um, thanks for sticking around and listening to this bullshit. I am, as advertised, uh, Bill Burr that you ordered from Wish and I'm here in my room ranting about shit and about uh, comedy dates that I have. Uh, I don't know what comedy dates I have, so I just, I'll, I'll, I'll rant about shit. I'm doing a quick spot tonight at church. I'm gonna post this immediately after I, uh, I finish recording, and I still think you're not gonna have time to hear it and make it to the show. So it, it's gonna be the only three people that Saad is gonna have. Saad is the organizer of the show, and, um, let's just say that, that, that show is not doing very well. It's it's doing okay. It has been doing okay for a while, and um, I don't know what's gonna happen to it. But um, I am expecting three people tonight, which I am gonna try to make laugh uh, for seven good minutes, uh, or eat my balls for the seven minutes. I don't know. That's what happened on Monday. I went up on Monday, and uh, God damn it, that was not a good show. I mean, it was a good show. At the end, it was a great show uh, because um, other comedians went on. And that's the main reason because I, I, I started, I started a show, I had the first spot and uh, nobody likes that. Nobody likes the first spot. No comedian that I know likes doing uh, openings, but it's good for you. It's good for you because you kind of uh, start winning the crowd. You kind of work with them and um, you start you start what's called with a cold crowd or almost cold crowd, depending on how well the host is doing. And my friend Ali wasn't doing that well that particular night, that particular Monday. <clears throat> and then I went up and I showed him what it is to do badly on stage. I, uh, it was the picture perfect. I started up to a cold cl- crowd to the, with my, I did some Tinder jokes and then I have this new joke that I'm developing, which is about, uh, should I say, I, nobody listens to this podcast anyway, so I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I, it's about necrophilia and pedophilia. And I've been thinking about that joke for a while and tried it on for a couple of times. And I always get, I know there's some, this is the most annoying thing. I know that there's something there. And I don't seem to have the skill to develop it. This is this is the most. I don't know if you've ever had that in your life where you're you're doing something, whatever the fuck it is you're doing. It's I don't know, I don't care what it is. It's you're knitting. Let's say you're knitting and you want to make a turtleneck because that's the gold standard. Everybody wants to make a tur- turtleneck sweater, but you can just handle socks. And every time you try to make a turtleneck sweater, it turns like shit. So you just stick to socks. That's 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 where I'm at in my comedy career. I can make I can make a few jokes. I can I can tackle the the socks and the, oh dating is hard and uh, women are bad at hand jobs and whatever premises I have that <clears throat> I can make going I can get going and I get the crowd laughing with those. But uh, apparently uh, necrophilia and pedophilia are not in my wheelhouse yet. Let's see. 
So I guess I'm going to put the, the, the joke on ice or at least not start with it because I, I've been starting with it. I'm like, oh, you know, funniest thing happened to. <clears throat> I start with the joke. And the, the premise is because you want to do it like that. If you're, if you're touching something, this is the pussy way in. If you're touching something controversial, you don't, you don't say it like you had a crazy thought. You said it like somebody said to you a crazy thought. But in this case, <clears throat> it is actually um, what what happened is that that's how I got the idea of doing um, that, of comparing pedophilia and necrophilia. And which one do you think you guys think is worse? This is pretty much how I go about it with the stupid voice, too. So the reason what what that how that came to be was somebody asked me that. After a show, I did a good set, not like Monday, but I did a good set and somebody came up to me and asked me, hey man, from a comedic standpoint, which one do you think is easier, necrophilia or pedophilia? And <clears throat> I don't know why he asked me. He's not a comedian. He was considering doing comedy for a bit and he never went for it or whatever happened. I don't know. So he asked me the question and I went, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to write some stuff on that. And <clears throat> I did. And I started actually telling it as it was not really inventing the, not using the technique as distancing myself from the terrible thought, uh, in just imagining some person that would say that to me. He actually said that to me. So I was just telling the truth in that case. But um, yeah, if it's if, if I tell it like that, it's easier. And I was telling the story at Loop, the place where the guy asked me and the guy was in the crowd. And by God, did he have questions? I was doing the material and I was bombing, obviously, because um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't a good night. And it's not a good it's not a good idea to start your sets like that. Learn from my mistakes, people. If you ever want to do comedy, this is a good example of not what not to do. I give advice like that and then I, I ignore it completely myself. Anyway, so I was starting with that bit. I, I started with a different bit, but that didn't go well. And then I, it went worse to this bit. And after I was doing it, um, the guy in the crowd started asking me questions again. While I was on stage, he was trying, he tried to save the, the bit that was crashing down. It was tumbling down like a motherfucker. He tried to save it with a question. But what if, I, what if you combine the two and you kill a kid and then you fuck it? Would that be worse than just fucking it? And I, oh my God, man, just read the room. Because I did the material and I stuck with it. And then I made fun of myself for doing it. And then he still had questions. And uh, I just I just bailed on the interaction with him because it was just getting awkwarder and awkwarder. So I went like I just said to the crowd, like, no, don't don't ask me any more questions. It's nothing good can come of asking me questions as you have seen here tonight. And um, that's how I ended it. I just stopped asking me questions. 
and I moved on to something different. Uh, I don't know why, what I was doing. Um, I was doing bits about other stuff. <clears throat> um, hopefully less offensive. There were there were some giggles in the in the crowd. But the reason I think there is something to this bit and to the subject is that every time I do it, I see guys. It's usually guys who are laughing because. I don't know why. It's some kind of fucked up idea that I think only guys have. Because we're the ones fucking things. I think that's why it is. We're, we're the ones who are dicks keep convincing us to stick them into, into stuff. And we have to be the mature ones and think, talk to our dicks and be like, no, I can't do, I can't do a dead woman. Like, I can't. Not a or a dead guy. I can't. I can't do that. So that's <clears throat> that's why I think guys kind of kind of get why it's funny. Uh, the, the the women are like, just what kind of a horrible horrible person are you? And I see guys when I tell the joke, I see guys kind of giggling, kind of like they're suppressing it, but they're laughing, and that's that's the most. That's the most precious laugh to me. To me, that's this is the most. That's the gold standard for for laughter is when you don't want to laugh, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, for, because it's a fucked up subject or because you don't think that it's socially acceptable to laugh at that moment, um, but you still can't help it and you're still laughing. That is that is the best, and that's why. It's such a such a bummer to come to the conclusion after trying it on stage for I don't know four times five times um, and kind of changing some ideas. Um, I think it's, it's it's time to put it in the back of the notebook for a while. I might do it tonight because nobody cares about church. I'm gonna bomb anyway, so it's like you know. If you bomb in front of three people, it's still... But it was full house at Loop. It was full house and it went badly. And then I saw I saw a bunch of my friends bomb as well, which was... cheered me up, kind of cheered me up. And um, then, uh, then the last guy went on and he did great. Like for the circumstances, he really, he really did great. For whatever reason, like... I see guys who have better better experience or better instincts than me. I think he has better instincts. I don't think he, he's do, been doing it longer than me. But he definitely has better instincts. He read the room better. Because I, was, I kept doing material and uh, my attitude when I'm doing material that I'm not sure of. It's usually like, hey, do you guys think this is funny? Maybe. And you can't deliver a joke like that. You got to be like big dick energy about it. You got to be like, no, motherfucker, this is funny. But when I'm, I can't hide the uncertainty at, at this point. So he didn't do that. He didn't do material. He, he sidestepped that, that little, little trap just by talking to them. He just talked to them, he asked them questions, and he had a little bit of a couple of funny retorts and a little bit of stuff. But mostly it was just that the crowd made funny noises. They just said funny words. 
there's some guy he was telling he was saying on stage that he um he's a muslim and somebody in the crowd asked him some rowdy guy some serbian rowdy guy he asked him so do you eat swine and it was just fun because english is not his native language and swine is a weird word to use when you're describing food you just say you just say pork so uh, i'm sorry if you're a native speaker and you have to listen to somebody else explain your own language but yeah and it was just a funny moment that he rode for as much as he could and he just kept saying swine and the crowd kept laughing and it was just a silly moment that went on for <clears throat> i don't know like four minutes and it was it was just nice to see that he had the good instinct to capitalize on that to be like oh fuck my material and fuck my jokes the funny is happening now and i can't let it go away i i kind of have to roll with it so oh my god that was um that was a good a good thing to see and kind of cheered me up at the end of uh of um miserable day that was uh that started with me uh, bombing but yeah that's um that's how monday went and um i'm finally recovering from that uh nasty cold that i had i um I did the mistake sometimes I do it every every year at least once I do this mistake where I I get a cold and I feel it coming and I don't take days off. I I just I'm just like I'll be a man and I'll power through it. And it takes so much longer to recover from it. It just takes 3 to 4 times as much. Like if you in a week I'm good. If I stay home, I'm good to go in 3 days maybe four that's that's how much i need to be able to work happily and uh, be a productive member of society after getting a cold for for three days i'm a i'm a piece of shit i just i just like i just get the man flu i get the upgraded version so this time i'm like no i'm i got it i gotta do it and i went to work the whole time and i've been sick now for two weeks and now i'm finally starting to see i'm I'm finally starting to enjoy life again because until now i wasn't enjoying it was going somehow i got better and slowly incrementally got better but i was definitely not enjoying life and it it got me bummed out and depressed and shit and um now today i'm finally i finally see the light at the end and that's uh that's really nice so i'm having a light nice little uh tumbler whiskey so cheers to you guys and this is also helping with my um the little cap of whiskey is helping with my back because i hurt my back this week and I know what you're thinking. How did you hurt your back? Did you go snowboarding? Did you did you train for snowboarding? Did you do some crazy moves or jumps? Did you lift something wrong? No, no. I was sleeping. Yeah, I became a meme now. I'm at that age where I am a meme. I'm over 30 and uh, it's like, yeah, I did. I did do it like in in every stupid shitty meme you ever saw on the internet breathing after 30s my lower back is killing me yeah that's that's right 
That's the Britney Spears song. And I did sing it. So there you go. Uh, I, I, I listen to these every time I post them. I, because I, I need to get some views, you know. So um, I need to get some downloads. So I'm, I'm just looking forward to the moment where I'm going to listen to my voice. To my cold voice still. Because it's still a cold voice at this point. Um, kind of try to sing that if you can call that singing i hope you enjoyed it i really do uh because it was a bit of a it was a bit of a strain to do it and it definitely bruised my ego so yeah dude it's uh i still can't believe it's the 8th of, of december i've uh, this year just went by so fast right how do you guys feel about this year do you feel like you you did something that was worthwhile, that you progressed in your career or as a poor person or something. Well, do ya? Because I do, I do. I feel, I feel like I did some kind of progress. I think, I think it's, uh, it's interesting to. I, I, I like where I'm at. I'll call it that. It's not a very exciting place to be at, but I, I like it. Um. I started enjoying life a bit more and I started doing something new this year, started watchmaking and I don't really talk about it in my comedy and um, in, on the podcast. I think I did a couple of times in, in the last episodes, but the reason I don't is that it's not a particularly funny subject. It's a very cool subject. It's a very nice thing to be doing and I enjoy it uh, immensely. But uh, it's not it's not really, you know, how am I going to make jokes about watches? They're just what did the watchmaker do to get fired? He wasn't on time, you know, I um, oh, that was a stupid joke. Uh, anyway, I got to do that. And this is this is what this year has been all about exploring something new and seeing where it leads um and i i liked it i like 2022 it was a crazy year um i guess you didn't like it if you're listening to this in the ukraine uh i completely understand um but out here in austria it wasn't that bad it wasn't that bad i guess I guess it must have been a really shitty year, though. If I if I have to complain, compare it to Ukraine, to be like, no, it's good. It's not Ukraine, you know. It's not. Um, this is how the last years have gone for my generation. We were just like one economic crisis and one scandal after the other, and then we're just like, well, at least we're not a war-torn country. At least nobody invaded us, you know. This is. Um, this is how the world's going. All right, dude, whenever I try to say something positive, it just gets depressing as shit. <laughs> um, yeah, that's that's my way of processing life, I think. Because I was, uh, I was hanging out with the comedians on Monday before the show, and one of the guys, one of the comedians, he's not really, he's just at, at the beginning. It was, I think it was his second time going on stage. And um, he 
before going on stage, we we're just chatting, having a smoke outside. And he looks at his phone and he goes, oh my God, I'm going, oh my God, what? And he goes, oh my God, I think my friend is going to kill himself. And now this is a controversial idea that I have, but, and I don't think your guys are going to like this one, but I think if you want to kill yourself, I kind of think you should. Because, um, yeah, you're going to leave a hole in your in the world that is not going to be able to be replaced by anybody else because everybody's unique and whatever. But I do think it's your your ultimate right to clock out if you don't want this life anymore. And anybody who's trying to keep you in this life, if you feel so much pain that you want to go and check out what's on the other side, if there is anything, you're like, oh, even darkness would be better than this. Um, I say, go for it. I say, it's, dude, it's your final decision. If you want to stick around and see if this shit gets better, uh, or if you just want to call it, you know, I'm out, I'm cashing out. So that makes me pretty cynical when somebody says, uh, hey, I want to kill, you, kill myself. Because uh, whenever they say that, I'd be like, yeah, sure, go for it. Are you looking for tips or it's just uh, you're trying to get my attention over here? So his friend uh, told him that and he was freaking out because he's not a cynic or not as cynical about it as I am or not as detached about it because it's still his friend. And um, he was freaking out and I couldn't stop making jokes about it which was which was uh interesting to think to to find out about myself you know but uh, in general people like it. he was laughing he was like he was enjoying my jokes I, I that's why i kept making them because he was he kept laughing about them and he he kept laughing and then saying oh i shouldn't be laughing about this or i can't believe i'm laughing and when people say that, when they do, I can't believe I'm laughing and it's a funeral or it's something tragic is about to happen or has happened, I feel that humor's doing its job. I uh, I think that's what it's for, really, in the, in the grand scheme of things, to make unbearable events and events that are impossible to talk about, to make them bearable and hopefully funny in a way. So I kept making sure that I saw him uh, light up his lighter and just looking at the flames and I just yelled at him, don't do it, whatever. <laughs> and I got a laugh and uh, shit like that, you know. Um, so yeah, he went on stage after that, after getting this news and getting distraught about it and getting all bent out of shape because he was he didn't know what to do, he, which is... Like I went with him through the logical things that he could do. And we realized that whatever he does, it's not going to help. Unless, you know, it's to tell the guy, dude, don't clock out. I love you, which is kind of gay, but whatever. Just tell him he means something to you and please don't go. And um, he was all 
all freaked out like oh i want to i want to call the police in poland and like to the police in poland don't speak english and also they don't care like you tell them your friend is about to to uh, commit suicide uh you tell them that your friend's a british citizen they're gonna be probably like hey, good we need less of those we don't like them here a bunch of pussies i don't know if you've Polish people feel that way about the British. But I, this is what I would assume. Like, Eastern European views on suicide aren't that, uh, you know, oh, they're not, we're not all kind of people. Especially the police. The police uh, are like, uh, you know, they're not the good guys in Eastern Europe, if uh, if you know what I mean. They're the... They're the guys you buy and hopefully they stay bought. Let's just call them that. Um, of course, I'm calling, I'm, I'm talking about traditionally. There's nothing, nothing like that could ever happen in the world we live in now. No, it's just uh, historically it was like that because of communism and fucked up times. But now it's a whole different, um, it's a whole different situation. And Romania and all of Eastern Europe actually is a modern country able to complete, compete with the West in an infrastructural and technico technological and economical way in every aspect of the society. It's, there's no debate. Just, you know, go take a trip, visit, see what it's like. Take a trip to, I don't know, Poland or um, Romania or Hungary, whichever, whichever country you want that was under the Iron Curtain for uh, a few decades and see uh, see what that's about. Ask them about suicide, see how they feel about it. So yeah, I think I did something good. I think I, I made my friend laugh and I, I am happy with that, with this week. And now I'm gonna go and bomb at another comedy show. Should be fun because hopefully I'm gonna make my friends laugh again. Oh, by the way, I was trying that my theory, this is the last thing I'm going to say on the podcast, because I really got to go, but <clears throat> uh, the I was trying this theory on stage, which is when I bomb and I hear the comedians laughing, I just explain to the audience that there's three levels of bombing. There's people are just giggling, which is the first level. They're not really laughing. They're just giggling. Then silence. That's the next level, but that's not the deepest level. That's not... When you're telling your jokes and everybody's silent, that's not the deepest level of bombing. The deepest level of bombing is where the audience is silent and the comedians are laughing. That's And that's what was happening to me uh, for a bit. And that worked on stage. And I like that. I like that because that's a true idea that I have. I, I thought, yeah, this is, this is how I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to judge my sets. I'm going to judge them if it's going to be level one bomb, level two bomb, or level three. Comedians are laughing and slapping their knees and being like, I can't believe he said that. <laughs> there you go. Cough is coming back. Anyway, um, this is it. This has been Light at the End podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself. I hope you enjoyed my little rant. My glass of whiskey is empty. And this has been my time. This has been Light at the End, episode 11. Thank you guys for listening. I'll see you around.